Broadcasting live, weekday morning, this is listener-supported One Radio Network. Well, you know what I always say, that if you can start the show without hurting yourself, even if you're 20 minutes late, then you're good. You know, it's okay. You know, it's just okay. Well, uh, good morning. It is a Monday morning, and... Um, What was that song, Doc? Monday, Monday. Remember that? Remember that one? See that? Yeah. We should we yeah, should play we should play that. That voice you hear is yeah. in the green room, and he's Doctor Richard Massey, and he's going to show us family <laughs> photos, and you're going to meet him in just a second. Right now, he's just a voice, but soon he'll be in three dimension, or mm. four dimension. This one radio network dot com. Patrick Timpone, the fifteenth of May. And um, tomorrow we're going to speak with Dr. Randy Wysong. His website is If Thinking Matters. He's a really fun guy. Wait to hear some of the stuff we're going to talk about. If Thinking Matters. Not a lot of thinking going on out there, but, you know, we're doing what we can. Adam Bergstrom will be here on um, Wednesday. We also have someone else coming up. Um, I've given the choice of um, Tuesday or Wednesday at noon. He'll be a mystery guest, or she will. So that's it. Uh, our phone lines, again, we are working out in three days. It'll be two months since we've been on the wagon with phones. And uh, Frontier Communications assures me that it's in the mail. So you know what that means. <laughs> uh, I, Doc, you know, I kind of think, by the way, good morning, Dr. Massey, Richard Massey, MD. Nice to have you here on the third Monday. Thanks for coming. Good morning. I think I think this phone thing is just um, a lesson in patience. That's what I think it is. Yeah. You know how we get these little lessons. God says, "You yeah. think you could do the phones without for two months and not get angry and, and peed off?" And so, I think that's what it is. Or it could just be that I didn't pay my bill. Or. <laughs> <laughs> Could be any variable, you know. <laughs> Dr. Richard Massey is a medical doctor. We don't hold that against him. We still allow MDs on the show from time to time. However, he doesn't practice as you would um, normally envision a medical doctor because they give you they give you prescription medicines and send you on your way, and you know that's all. But he doesn't do that. You don't do that anymore, right, Doc? Because that's kind of boring. No, no, not so much anymore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you make house calls? I do. Oh. Uh, but, you know, only for people I've known for like a long time. I'm kind of semi-retired, you know. I'm just kind of doing a few things that, that I have an interest in. Mm -hmm. Just breezing along in the breeze. What is that picture you have to your political left yeah. yeah so you know it's not coming in real clearly but this somebody from the constellation group sent this and it's the the wayne dyer uh picture about the twins in the womb huh. and they were they were having a discussion about uh, one was asking the other one hey do you believe in life after delivery <laughs> <laughs> Life after and one goes, hey, there's no evidence for that, you know. And, <laughs> um, yeah, and then, do you believe in mother? Oh, don't be ridiculous. Don't uh, be ridiculous. 
So it was a Mother's Day thing, you know. I see. So you could see the little two little two little babies in the womb there. Yeah, they were they were in there they were in there having a chat with each other. My little thing is flickering. Um, So then the one, let me see if I can get that up here, and then uh, the one asked the other, "Do you believe in life after delivery?" And I've sent it to. A bunch of people here and and I chopped it all up um, so they're in the womb and they're talking and one says do you believe in life after delivery I like it clever yes yes and uh, and then let's see I'll, I'll get that one to come up it was a the Wayne Dyer thing and the other said why of course there has to be something after delivery Maybe we are here to prepare ourselves for what we will be later. Nonsense, said the first one. There's no life after delivery. What kind of life would that be? The second said, I don't know, but there will be more light than here. Maybe we will walk with our legs and eat from our mouths. Maybe we will have other senses that we can't understand now. Hmm. And the first one said, that's absurd. Walking is impossible. And eating with our mouths, ridiculous. The umbilical cord supplies nutrition and everything we need, but the umbilical cord is so short. Life after delivery is to be logically excluded. (laughs) The second insisted, well, I think there's something, and maybe it's different than it is here. Maybe we won't need this physical cord anymore. Ah, The first said nonsense. And moreover, if there is life, then why has no one ever come back from there? (laughs) (laughs) Delivery is the end of life. And in the after delivery, there's nothing but darkness and silence and oblivion. It takes us nowhere. Well, I don't know, said the second, but certainly we will meet mother and she will take care of us. The first replied, mother, you actually believe in mother? That's laughable. If mother exists, then where is she now? (laughs) And the second one says, she's all around us. We're surrounded by her. We are of her. It is in her that we live. Without her, this world would not and could not exist, said the first. Well, I don't see her, so it's only logical she doesn't exist. To which the second replied, Sometimes, when you're in silence and you focus and listen, you can perceive her presence, and you can hear her loving voice calling down from above. Oh, that's a little mother. Wayne Dyer, Dyer wrote that? Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. That's great. That's really nice. Hmm. Yeah, it was it was a nice Mother's Day and if I can get the connection good, I'll show you the other <laughs> you know, the, the constellation women are an interesting group of mothers and uh they are not one dimensional here. Uh, let me let me show you this other thing they sent. Um, this is the other the other photo that they sent, and uh, it's a it's a photo of of mom sitting with a cigarette and her feet in some hot water with a Superman shirt on, um, and uh, it says honoring all the mamacitas in their day. I see it now. Yeah. 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 So that's her. 
That's her and all her glory with her Superman shirt on. Oh, that's there you can Yeah, see. you can see it now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's got a sig. She does, and her feet are in the hot water, and she's just sitting back. And that's that's Happy Mother's Day from the Constellation Ladies. From the con- and who are the Constellation Ladies? Uh, those are the the mothers that are in our Constellation Circle at Casa de Luz. So uh, they're all you know women who've done a lot of constellating. Um, and so during that process, of course, we get to see the, the inner person who might have a cigarette and have their feet in some hot water. And uh, we might get to see the one who's in there doubting the existence of mother. And mm-hmm. uh, We get to see all that. And then all the beauty of the love happens. So, Yeah, the little baby conversation reminded me of uh, kind of like uh, the way the mind works, right? Yes. Yeah, kind of back and forth like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We got that duality thing going. We and that duality thing. I guess it's just. <laughs> I guess it's just part of the deal. It's, it's pretty. It's a good thing we don't. We yeah. don't pay attention to it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good thing we don't notice it in our culture. That, uh, <laughs> we have a nice absence of polarities here. We're kind of all in humming and Buddhic union. Yeah. Doing our little love, <laughs> little love story. Well, I've really been re- resonating a lot with that that meme that you've put out there on our other shows about healing and our body and how everything is a love story. And I really appreciate that because it helps me a lot when I'm working on a little pain here or there, a little something, to know that there there's not really. Um, there's not really two opposing viewpoints, right? There's not, you know, there's yeah. not really off and on. There's just um, the idea that there's two, but there's really just one, right? Uh, yeah. Really just one, like uh, like um, somebody, Patrick, and with a pain in the stomach, and the pain in the stomach, and Patrick might have this little thing going on, but... It's really just one, so you have a little love story of those two things, and then, and then they just then it just dissipates, right? Does that sound right? To you? Yeah, that's how the heart works. You know, it's a nice model for that. How mm-hmm. the how the membrane of the heart pacemaker goes in and out of union and polarity over and over. It's kind of like if you get to that place. Some people can maybe go here. I've been watching a lot of this, but that we come from this great soul and we project part of ourselves down into this world of polarity yes. to experience what's called challenge. Yes. And, and so the heart is just doing that every moment. The pacemaker of the heart that keeps us going goes into polarity, into union, into polarity, into union, into polarity, into union. It's like a, if you wanted to see it as a reincarnation cycle every moment. Mm-hmm. You know, coming from the realm of union to the realm of polarity and back again, and in, in, uh, back and forth and back and forth, and that our biology even shows that something like that's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, you think our job then, Doc, is to um, somehow get above that and realize it's going on, but stay in 
union so we don't go too bonkers. Yeah, it seems like when we connect with that sense of union, like in the little baby mm-hmm. said at the end, you know, if you be still for a little right. while and be silent, you can kind of feel her. And in that place, when we're connected with that, then we can really dive in and enjoy the polarities. Yeah. That they're not like enemies. It, it's like as long as I'm connected with that uh, union place, I can jump in and really play the polarities. Oh, today I'll be Humphrey Bogart. Today mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. be the guy that sang who wrote the book of love, or today I'll be the doctor. Uh, and we realize it's a play and we can go for the Oscar, you know? <laughs> yeah, you bet. And be the uh, producer. And the writer and the director. Yeah, right? yeah. And the writer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can do it up, you know. I also like the idea when they say, um, you know, how they do so many takes in a scene, right? Take three. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, the, and then the, <laughs> the actress doesn't get it quite right. And the director will go, oh, no, 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 that was great. Um, but my bad, just a little <laughs> bit more. And, and the actress yeah. says, yeah, okay. So it's just a mistake. That's where the word, isn't that cool? Yes. It's just a mistake. Yes. It's not a mistake. It's not like, well, you stupid, don't do that. You yeah. The, the, yeah, and those are some of the funniest parts of a movie, honestly, is when they show those at the end. Oh, when they show the, the ones the that takes, are, yeah. Takes, yeah, the outtakes. <laughs> <laughs> some of those are just so much fun. Oh. And then, then there's there's lots of stories about Clint Eastwood, who who's, who's just surfaced now after one year of no, nobody finding him. But he, all the stories the actors tell in some of the videos I watch because I study on the screenwriting stuff, Clint Eastwood would just, um, they would do it, you know, the actor would do it and not think it was all that good. And, oh, can I do that again? He goes, no, no, it's, it's okay. We're, let's, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and those movies are great. It's not, you know, I don't, you know, we all got to think we got to do it just perfect, you know, whatever that is. And he's like, he's like famous for just doing one or two takes, you know, just no, it's okay, it's good. Yeah, yeah, it's that, it's that dueling cowboy persona. You don't get to redo a duel. (laughs) (laughs) I think I fell off the buckboard wrong. Let me do it again. No. You felt great. Let's move on. We'll be here all day. <laughs> um, whoops, whoops, whoops. Doodle, come here. It's okay. It's okay. Oh. Okay, I think it's I think it's just the Amazon guy. He's here to bring you some treat. Oh, he's here to bring you a treat. She hears the, the car up. Up on the driveway. Oh, yeah, the Amazon guy. Yeah, you don't want her to eat the Amazon no. guy. It's okay, yeah. baby. It's all right. It's okay. Boy, she hears everything. I didn't hear that. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> They're great. Uh, they have great hearing and smell. I, isn't it amazing? You know, it's like, wow. It's okay. It's all right. It's okay. Everything's cool. You know, you can... T- I, I'm just always amazed. You can take a ball and throw it way out in the weeds, you know, and she has no idea where it is, right? But she goes in the direction, she saw where you, the direction, and she she can smell around for five minutes until she finds it. 
from just that your smell from the picking up the ball. That's crazy. Yeah. It's like whoa. I mean, yeah, how is that is. even possible? You know, but they do. Yes. They do. I found a little um, a little uh, two week old rac- three week old raccoon. They said was right at my back door Friday. And her eyes, his eyes wasn't even open. And he was just walking, oh around, walking around in the grass, just lost in space, crying. And oh my God. My, you know, it was like, I couldn't even take it. I was, it was so sad. <laughs> you, know? So, you know, so we, uh, we found a box and put some towels in there. And, and this was after the show and started to Thursday and then started to give her some goat's milk and a little tube, you know, and, most of it just spilled out because she was so small and no teeth, but she'd open this little mouth. And, mm-hmm. and so we kept her around here until um, feeding her every two or three hours. But she, she cried a lot, you know, because she missed mom. And I don't know why mom left her here. And, you know, we'll probably never yeah. figure that out. And um, so she would cry and cry. And then every now and then she would just curl up on this towel and just sleep, you know. And I go over and look in the box and watch her sleeping. And I just start crying, you know. I just, I'm gonna start crying now. I couldn't deal with it. To see a little yeah. soul in there, you know, just, just, you know. Yeah. Huh. And I just couldn't, you right. know, I just cried a lot. So we call up the- it was rock. Mother's Mother's Day weekend. It's of course, you know. Time. Yeah, I know, I know. There you are being a mother. You're feeding milk to this I, little bitty thing. That's uh, right. Isn't that great? So then we went out to Wildlife yeah. Rescue in, in East Austin, and she was, she or he was all over the car, just crawling all over, and I didn't want her to get caught up in the under the seat, not being able to get her. So I put her in my hand, you know, just kind of a gentle cage thing, so she couldn't move. Speaking of mother, then she starts sucking on my hand. Uh, Everywhere she would uh, do this part, and then the fingers. And then she'd go to another finger, just and she just did yeah. everything she did to get some milk, right? Oh. Yes. And so, um, and then by the time we got out to East Austin Wildlife Rescue, I didn't even want to give her to him. I wanted her, I just wanted to keep her. <laughs> so I fell in <laughs> love with this raccoon, right? <laughs> you talk about a love story. So I fell in love with this raccoon. So I'm crying at the rescue. So I don't know if I want to care. No, you really want yeah. to, because you won't be able to take care of her when she's. I said, I know, I know. So it was great. We had a good time. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, I never thought that it was Mother's Day weekend. I wanted to do my my mother yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, reminding us and reminding everyone again the word epithelial, Epith- the name of all yeah. these cells that cover our body. It, on the outside of our body, they're called epithelial cells, and on the inside, they're called endothelial cells. Yeah. And that word "thelial" means to suckle on nipples. Really? That's crazy. So we are surrounded by little cells that are like little nipples. All the Trillions. cells are like little nipples? All the cells? Yes, yes. They're named after that. Um, they're named after that suckling thing that you were just describing with that little raccoon suckling on your finger. 
Wow. So, wow. So epithelia is the outside little nipple. So all of our cells are like little nipples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're made for connecting with each other uh, very intimately, like a mother-baby kind of a bond. Oh, with each other. So they got all these little nipples. Yeah, yeah. So A.H. Uh, <laughs> Almas, that famous anthropology or philosophy guy, I think he said something like, we're all just boobs walking around looking for each other's nipples. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that sometimes. <laughs> the boob part, I don't know. What the other. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, nipples are okay. Um, interesting. Wow, really? So, so the in the the endothelial, those are that's on the inside, that's inside. That's inside the breathing tubes. That's mm. the lining of heart arteries. Uh, that's the lining of all the insides of these organs. Are endothelial cells. Endo. Uh, and what do they do? They don't have nipples. They are the thelial part. Oh, is I the see. Nipple inside and the outside. Endo just means these are nipples on the inside of the body, and. Epi is nipples on the outside of the body. So the, uh, the, the second part of that word is thelio. How do you spell that? Uh, T-H-I-L-I-A-L. Thelio. Interesting. Uh-huh. Epi- you can look that up yeah. in your etymology dictionary and you'll find that. Mm-hmm. Uh, hmm. Yes, when things were named after their function and that, uh, people could actually understand, oh, this is what it means to be a mammal. It's really a beautiful thing when you think about that. Isn't it? it is. Thelio. It really is. Thelio. There's some herbs I saw, I, you know, I recognize a term uh, that are theoretically helps um, um, libido and all that because I, it's the inside of the cells. Does that make sense? Uh, I just saw an herb, and they, they had mentioned that, that it works on the endothelial part of the... Mm-hmm. Maybe that increases blood or something. Blood flow? Yeah, you, you want healthy endothelial cells. You know, you don't want them all scarred up and mm-hmm. closed off like people have when they're going to have heart attacks. or oh. you know, You don't want them all beat up like when you're getting the flu or the the dreaded novel Corona particle, you know, whatever that is. And, uh, <laughs> the Corona particle.com. Yeah. You know, and, and right. And all those things were, they say they were quote weaponized to target the endothelial cells. Right. And it, it's, uh, the whole motive you can hear in there. It's, it's an attack on tenderness. Oh, attack on tenderness. Mm-hmm. This is the injections. No, I mean just just the whole idea oh. of quote targeting endothelial cells, like to the David Martin says there's fifteen hundred patents on the coronavirus, on the SARS COVID two virus. People have been working on fifteen hundred different modifications and patenting those to target and create excess damage to endothelial cells. That's, that's, uh, those are the words. I see. Right? I don't have an electron microscope. I don't know those things. That's all hearsay. 
uh, for me, but I, I see it in print. He shows it in print. Sure. Um, and, uh, but the whole idea when a person hears that, just be aware of how your body feels. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Listening to that is, is that somebody is, somebody is trying to damage the human connection with nip, nipples and suckling. Because we, even though we not, maybe don't know these words, they are yeah, vibratory. We, we, we know. Yeah, yeah it's really yeah. interesting because you can talk we to know. your body and tell your body, which is you, what you want. Yeah. And even if you don't know exactly how it works, it still works because it, it's the vibration, right? Because yeah. it's all just a vibration. Isn't that cool? Yeah. Yeah, it is. And so these words have a vibratory frequency. Yeah. And, and wasn't and there... Are, go, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Okay, wasn't there I'm something good. about... Remember years ago when this whole thing started? Wasn't there something about Corona and the king and the crown? What was all that? Yeah. Remember we talked about that two or three years ago? Yeah, we did. And so the the first meaning that's in my etymology dictionary for Corona is is to bend or twist right and of course the most exalted bend or twist was the crown that bent around the head of the monarch oh right so Mm -hmm. most people remember that meaning which is the second meaning uh corona being the crown um and then i showed you that photo that someone took a friend took that had all the mm-hmm. coronas around the sun <clears throat> and the idea being that if we see it as a crown then who is the crown for me is it my own corona you know around my own heart mm-hmm. or or do, or do i bow to an outside corona mm-hmm Right, and I think that's what we were being asked as a culture, as a species. Uh, how do we see Corona? How do we see Crown? Is Crown something that each human being has and is granted as part of their birthright, or are we slaves? Are we subjugated to hmm. an outside Crown? Hmm. Are we stuck in that? habit and pattern you know it's kind of curious to think about that these people whoever do all this stuff you know the boys them we call them Doug and Mel you know who are they oh Doug and Mel uh, you know with you know what Doug and Mel that they're that uh, clued into the to the mythology and the symbolism and all this stuff pretty interesting isn't it when you think about it you know yes it is is it <clears throat> Yeah, it is. And, you know, for for me individually, uh, and I suspect it's true, it's true for the people I've worked with, with the heart biofeedback monitor, there's an us and them inside of my subconscious. Yes. Now, interestingly, I, I like the people who say that the word subconscious is tricky because sub sounds like it's underneath, like submarine. Right. But they say that the subconscious is actually a realm above so the subconscious mind actually contains patterns that if i follow those patterns i will keep belonging in my group 
But then there are other patterns that if I follow those, I will lose belonging in my group. Those patterns are the them. The patterns that will keep me in good stead in my group is the us or the we. And when I clear that up inside myself, then that's one less personality contributing to the them and us divide. Wow. So I've been working on that. Yeah, that's my work um, is to do that. That's cool. Um, So uh, when you say when you do your work, what do you... What do you do? How does that play out for you, like in this thing we call yeah, real so, life? <laughs> sure. So like in, in Gestalt, uh, when we had our first group last year, and I asked somebody if they wanted to work, and a young lady said yes, and she sat in a chair, and I put an empty chair opposite her, and I said, who is your perceived enemy hmm. that you're in polarity with? You know, to to do the them and us thing, we're going to act it out here. She picked Anthony Fauci, hmm. and uh, she put Fauci in the chair. And I mean, she went vitriolic. <laughs> I mean, her veins in her neck were sticking out. Wow. She was all red. And, no kidding. And uh, you know, I finally, you know, I was lead, leading her, trying to get her to put words to the screaming. And she finally said, "If I thought I could get away with it, I'd kill you. The world would be better off without you." Whoa. And then I asked her to switch chairs and sit in the chair where she was visualizing Anthony Fauci. And as soon as she sat there, all her power and calmness came back into her body. Her blood flow turned normal. Her breathing was normal. She she looked like the Buddha. And she was just not disturbed about anything. And I... I ask her to say the sentence, this is my birthright sense of being that I'm experiencing right now. And to say that to the people in the group and everyone she's known. And it was so true. And so she had brought her own personal them and us back together in union. Mm -hmm. So that's one way to do that. And now that's one less polarizing energy out there in the field. Right. Yeah. Because now she's back here. Mm-hmm. This is what people do also with the Byron Katie worksheets when they're doing the turnarounds on the Byron Katie worksheet. Like we will, as a species, we will never overcome war. That would be like one belief at a time. And so then I'd put on the M wave and do the turnarounds. As a species, we will overcome war. And then I look for three examples where that's happened. And I watch to see what my heart believes. So whatever, whatever belief I'm coming out with is going to be half of a polarity. And if I see the other polarity and bring those together, then I'm not personally putting out a vibration of choosing sides yes yeah them and us is fine to recognize consciously but when i don't recognize it consciously i'm putting out a disturbing vibration like i'm looking for people to choose sides and be on my side Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
So. Wow. Yeah, it's cool. I, I resonate with a, a couple of things here. Subconscious, my experience and my teaching is subconscious is that area above the mind, above the yeah. mind, between the soul plane and the mental plane. It's the subconscious plane or etheric plane. That's the way I was taught. Okay. So that yeah. makes sense, you know, where it's above the mind. But we think of subconscious as being not, we're not conscious of it. But that doesn't mean it's, right. it's bad. No. no. No, there's, I mean, there's a lot of good things in there. Like it's kind of keeping my heart beating, you know, <laughs> yeah. sort of automatic system it keeps me breathing even when i fall asleep that's, <laughs> that's pretty good that's stuff. good i like that <laughs> it's always a good one yeah and hmm. and you know to put it in a more concrete example since this is like a health show uh often i ask people to imagine their quote illness sitting in the chair opposite them and we begin a conversation until the polarity between the person and the illness begins to collapse. Like we were talking about before with the pain, right? <clears throat> yeah, mm. yeah. And that's that's what we want to do is restore the connection because the, the symptom or the illness is almost always there to serve or balance. It's to be a crutch for me as I'm on the way to a new insight. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if I can come to see that and experience that in my body, in my mood, uh, then everything changes and the symptom doesn't need to be there anymore once I get that. Yeah. You know, it's, years ago I had a, what they would call a DACA, what do they call it? Um, anxiety attack. I don't know if you've ever had one of those things, but they're pretty weird. Oh, yeah. It, it's like, and I don't know where it came from. I mean, all of a sudden, I I didn't know what it was. You know, it was like in the middle of the night, and I thought I was having a heart attack. Right? Seriously, I mean, I thought I was going to die, and uh, just popped. You know, and I actually went to the emergency room. You know that that night. You know, they go, well, "You're fine." Okay. So uh, two or three months later, I was watching a movie, and I and I felt that feeling coming on right and I somehow I had the wherewithal not to well the first time I, I got into the anxiety thing because I didn't catch it right and then I, it went away really quickly and then about an hour later it started to come back and I got I figured out what you're saying is that the way I saw it happening and I think this is how it happens to everybody is you get a little feeling of you know, not good, right? And then if you're in the mental plane, the mind will say, oh, I don't want that, right? Which strengthens the uh, not good. And then the mind says, no, no, I don't want that. And and it's like a rubber band. And I know this is how anxiety yeah. attacks happen. I know it. I saw it. And once you see it, yeah. um, um, hold on a second. Wait a minute. Oh, God. And the people can't hear. Once you see it, um, you never have to go back into it because if you don't react to the first, <clears throat> does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, the sky's falling. Well, how do you know? Chicken Little said so. Yeah, yeah. Really? Well, that's not enough. No, no, Goosey Lucy said so, and Henny Penny, and yeah, and then then we're off, aren't we? Off and running, and you can see so <laughs> clearly how people that do have anxiety attacks, because that thing is going, and every time it hits, it goes again. This rubber band back and forth, back and forth. The mind is just. You can see how they can't find their way out. I mean, how could they? Because you know, yes. it's like you're deep into it, right? It's a state of consciousness, mm-hmm. and um, you know, yeah. I know people to this day that they have anxiety attacks. That um, the, the only way they survive is on some kind of you know medication, you know. Yeah. But it doesn't have to be. You could really figure it out. Yeah, and everybody's going to have a different way of doing that. Sure, um, everybody, everybody. I honor all the past, and, you know, for a lot of us, those panic attacks, there will be something about the trigger that reminds us, our innocently inherited programming, of an incident of war for one of our ancestors where something came out of nowhere, I don't want that. And it was actually real and it was important not to want that. It was important to resist that and react to it as much as physically and emotionally possible. Mm-hmm. And my program will repeat that out of love and loyalty for the ancestor who experienced the real thing. All right. So that's the work that you do when you really figure that out. You can. Yeah, and that's a, just another approach. Just another approach. Who am, I, yeah. who am I loving here? Who who am I loving when I do this? Who really needed to react to something this strongly? Mm-hmm. Uh, whose life was really on the line? Um, and love that person. Um, and then there's something about that that takes away the triggering, even uh, because I see that it, oh, this is a love story on that level. Yeah. So it's another another path. Yours. It's like to to go through it and just. He cut out there a second. Thing. Oh. Um. um I had a fun thing with um. Oh, about a week ago, I just woke up in the middle of the night, which I do a lot. And hold on a second. I think our. I think we lost our internet. Yeah, that's us. Okay, I need to text somebody. Hold on a second. You on audio? Oh, wait a minute. Did it come back? Yeah, I think you just did. Yeah, yeah. we popped off there for a second. Sure. Uh, yeah. Well, that's better than our. It said my internet connection was unstable, which I think is better than me being unstable. That's right. But, yeah. but my. You have a much you have a much kinder and gentler internet provider because my guy says you are unstable. So yeah. <laughs> I want to go with yours. You know, I want his. Where was I? Going? Oh. oh yeah. So this is so cool. I think you'll like this. So about a week ago, I woke up from a dream experience, and I just got from a deepest level ever, ever, ever that it's only now, right? I mean, you have these. You have these awarenesses throughout your life, but this was a big one. This was like 
no kidding, no fooling, really, that's it. There is only now. I mean, one of those, right? <laughs> seriously, I I mean, but I know, you know, I've been talking about this and living my life like that for, for years. But boy, when you really yeah. get it in, you know, when you really get in the gut, you know, it's like, whoa, it's like the best drug ever. And so I walked around for about an hour and really contemplated on that. I just walked around in my house. And, mm-hmm. and since then, I've been playing around with the thing. So then you say, well, okay, so what is now? I mean, if, if is now just a moment that never leaves? You know, or if I am there now and then all of a sudden I start thinking, so is that still in the now? You know, that kind of really fun stuff. I, I love contemplating this stuff. But a really cool thing about, about uh, disease I thought about. So say you're in the now, right? And... And all of a sudden, um, if it's just now, every moment in the now, you are repeating to yourself subconsciously that you have this disease. Because, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Because yeah. if it's just now and you don't have, if it's just now and there's no future, and there's no past, right? You don't have a disease. What is it? You know, you're just there, baby. But as soon as yeah. as soon as you keep moving forward, and we subconsciously think, no, well, my thyroid's low. Well, then it is. I mean, you can you can you can get so geeky with this thing in the now. It's pretty trippy because I think this is yeah. why we why we have a hard time healing because we're always unknowingly. I don't want to you know say we're silly, but we're unknowingly saying that um, you know I still have this. But you don't, you you know, you only have it if you if you think you do, because it's just now, you know, you're pulling up from a past and putting it into this now, which is just crazy. Does that make sense to you? Oh yeah, what? I remember Byron. I remember Byron Katie talking about you know once you get it, yeah, once you, once you really get that, you don't need to do the polarity work anymore. You don't have to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah it just everything is. You know, and, and now I, you know, ever since I've been, I've been just telling myself on washing the dishes or something. There's only now, Patrick. So be here now, and it's really kind of fun once you really get it. I'm so blessed, you know, uh, because there's just no reason to think that something that happened four million years ago up until this point is going to affect you, unless you want to. But it's a choice. It's just a choice. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. I know, ladies and gentlemen, the nervous system of Patrick Timponi <laughs> transformed right the before ner- your very eyes. The nervous system. <laughs> oh my God. God. I wish we could uh, talk to you, but our phone lines are having a bad hair day, much like me. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com. Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com with Dr. Richard Massey. DocMassey at gmail.com is his, his little tag. Um, <clears throat> so let's do a little break, okay? A little, little break. Break some bread. Break, break, break a leg. You know, they say that in the, in the entertainment business. Break a leg. Isn't that funny? <laughs> the, last thing, the last thing you want to say to somebody right, before they go on, on stages, don't break your leg or whatever. 
I always like that. <laughs> Break a leg, and never, that's that's what they do. <laughs> it kind of takes the kind of takes the the energy away from you know. Don't get sick before you go on. Just say, "I'll oh, break a leg," and you know. Yeah. They say that in showbiz. Okay, um, I think we're good on the internet and everything. Everything's cool. Stay right there, please, Doctor Massey, Richard Massey, Patrick Timpone, One Radio Network dot com. Yeah, we had a little internet, uh, whatever, but uh, yeah, looks all good now. And I really, I mean, the, the, you know the. The phone lines will come back. I mean, they just will. Hey, baby, this is on sale uh, right now. I'll give you the promo code after we play this for you, okay? Starving for vitality. We're turning to energy drinks, stimulants, and pharmaceuticals to try to improve our focus, increase our metabolism, rescue our sex drive, and adapt to the stresses of modern-day living. Each year, an elk sheds its impressive antlers, regenerating an even larger set the following year. These velvet antlers have been a revered traditional medicine for thousands of years. Elk antler harnesses the adaptogenic and highly regenerative growth factors from this natural and ethical resource into a concentrated, bioavailable extraction. Its revitalizing effects span bone, muscle, and nerve support improve metabolism, cellular repair, sexual potency, anti-inflammation, vascular strengthening, and hormone production. Humanely harvested from free-range U.S. elk, extracted in organic alcohol, and protected in mirror glass, our elk antler is available in three strengths to restore your vitality at any level. Elk antler on sale now. I think we got 20% off on this puppy. Of course, I, I can't find the promo code because you know well let me say I, I will find the promo code you don't want to ever say you can't yeah I will find the promo code just hang in there and uh, I'll figure it out I don't know where it went well I wonder where the yellow went when you use your pepsodent remember that one okay uh, let's do this okay where is it we sure like our, our sauna. And if you'd like to get one, well, you can do it. All you have to do is email moi, Patrick at OneRadioNetwork.com, and we'll hook up, he will hook you up with the Relax Far Infrared Sauna. Excuse me, $1,295. And that's in the uh, lower 48. And we ship them all over the world. They're very uh, quiet. They're, they get quite hot uh, up in the 50, 150, 40, 50, 60 range. They have a little timer on it because if you fall asleep, you, weren't, you won't cook. <laughs> You'd wake up before you really cooked anyway. But um, it, it's a great one. And uh, there's no radio RFs, radio frequencies. There's not much going on there. Certainly nothing that's going to ever hurt you and you will sweat and you can actually um, increase the amount of heavy metals that uh, come out I say I, I want to use the term toxic metals uh, toxic metals that come out and uh, so it's it's, it's 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 a good thing it really is um, check it out if you would like to one 
Just email me, Patrick, OneRadioNetwork.com. The promo code for Elk Antler is Rebuild20. Rebuild20. On OneRadioNetwork.com, click on it. One of the fun things that we like to do every morning or twice a day is use our pearl stem. Uh, I want somebody sent me a video of these huge oysters somewhere, I think in Thailand or Vietnam. I mean, they had these oysters. They had these oysters that were they were like marbles and they were solid. I don't know how big the oysters are, are the, and the pearls that they make pearl stem from, but it's really a beautiful product. Uh, the pearls are from oysters that are raised in lakes in China, very pristine. Dr. Xu's um, um, family oversee the lakes and make sure nobody dumps anything in there. Uh, it's a, it's a, and then she has has experimented with the huge equipment, and because she wanted to be able to put these pearls into a powder. So you can, you know, use it on your teeth and you're not uh, disrupting the cellular matrix of the pearl. And they're pretty magical, pretty magical um, thing. These are tears, I believe, of the oysters. I believe they, they show them sad movies and the oysters cry and the, they get the pearls. And they're all different sizes. They're really quite something. It's a beautiful thing. Pearl Sim, and you can uh, brush your teeth. You can also take it internally. So check it out on our website. I would get the three pack, the green, and they have a nice little spoon in there. You put on your on your uh, on your toothpaste, on your toothbrush, and your your teeth get hard, really hard. It hardens the the veneer, and that's how the the teeth uh, exhibit it, their color. Did you know that? Yeah, the teeth are not real. They're pretty neutral. They, the teeth emit a color because of the light that comes in. Dr. Shu taught us. That's where the color comes from. So the bleaching things that the Hollywood crowd does, you know, we don't recommend because, well, the, the stuff's pretty rough. But it also turns them teeth kind of white, which is, you know, it's okay. It's okay if you're a movie star. But if you want to just be a real peeps, and then it's more um, pearl, and the pearl comes from the, and the harder the surface is, the finer and the more beautiful the light, so the teeth get pearly, like pearly white. It's pretty cool. Check it out, it's on our website, Pearl Sim. It's a, it's a calcium product made from pearl, so heavy on the calcium, but it has a lot of uh, uh, different uh, minerals as well there. Pearl Sim on oneradionetwork.com. And you can get the capsules, or you can do the, do the, um, the powder. You know, obviously, yeah. There you go. That's all you got to do. You don't have to, but if you want to, know the source on one radio network. On the third Monday of the month, uh, Dr. Richard Massey uh, joins us, and we talk about all kinds of fun stuff. You got some more show and tells? What, what's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're looking at, these are like some red blood cells. Yeah. All these sort of brownish things here. And this is some undigested debris in the lymph system, these little 
clumps back here. And we see those when people don't have very good pancreas function. They're well, not that, that's a good shot there. Wow. Very clear. Yeah, they're not they're not making digestive enzymes very well. So nice red blood cells, then all this debris here and there. So that blob there is a undigested something? Uh-huh, yeah, it's a chunk of protein and fat that the lymphatics will carry around and give it another chance at being digested. Oh. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's uh, that's what we see with uh, people don't have very good pancreas function. Um, and that was me when I first started doing this um, and had unknown, you know, celiac uh, phenomenon going on mm -hmm. and it comes in uh, in families where there's issues about father so the pancreas tells stories of the father and uh, if people want to check out I put little blurbs on Instagram about these things oh you do um, cool. yeah so that's that's lowercase doc massey 1949 and so people can see all these photos and I'll put a little blurb under there about the pancreas and how the pancreas tells stories about father. Uh-huh. And so you know, a lot of blood sugar so it's Doc Massey nineteen forty nine Instagram, right? On Instagram. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a lot of blood uh, blood issue uh, blood uh, oh, what am I trying to say here? Um yeah. Um, blood, blood, glucose, whatever, diabetes and stuff like that—they call it. That's a male thing because it's the has to do with the pancreas. Yeah. So, so diabetes—it's another section of the pancreas, and it depends on what the issue was with the father. Oh. So, remember, it's not events that program into biology; it's the hidden feelings that a person had about the event the hidden, that's the big issue hidden feelings yeah so if 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 a father leaves a family and the secret feeling that the family can't express especially the mother she's just disgusted by this in the way this guy left her high and dry was like so disgusting that's going to go more to the enzyme function part where the person's not digesting well it'll have a tendency to go to pancreas cancer uh, if the underlying feeling was about disgusting how this happened but if the feeling was a father went off to war or something was killed or some accident happened and there's grief and there's fear about losing our provider and protector then that one's going to go more toward the diabetic uh, profile where the person's pancreas won't make insulin hmm. because ins insulin is who escorts the groceries into the cells. It's who put food on the table. So if the underlying feelings are about who's going to put food on the table and we're nervous about that because the father is missing, then that's going to be more of showing up as a blood sugar issue 
and then it'll get given a noun word like diabetes and then the person will feel like they have to fight diabetes and and that's just such great marketing for the industry because you know you kind of just be on meds your whole life Uh, rather than finding a way to return those beliefs to mom uh, to honor our mother and father exactly how they were at that time and come to peace with that and then the pancreas comes back online hmm. wow that is so cool isn't it fascinating how God designed this thing to all interconnect yeah. it and wow it's just crazy it's just really cool yeah yeah and it's like any moment of finding love just it just puts things back into balance mm-hmm. in the body and the biology is here to be like an indicator of that like all of biology is just different thermometers in a way you know it's just measuring different things and where am i in the in the love resentment balance or the love fear balance you know and uh, and uh, all the little organs tell the truth you know <laughs> All the little organs tell the truth. I like that little. <laughs> I like that visual. You, know, you should do it. You know, probably tell your kids that before they go to sleep. You know, all your little organs tell the truth. Yes, all your little organs tell the truth. Yeah, and this is a, a photo back here of the of the dry, which this is like a little microscopic scab, like a person would get on a skinned elbow. We'd like to see all of it look like this this red part here. Mm-hmm. Not supposed to be any white here. So all this white stuff uh, is Abby Normal. If you go back to that old movie. Um, <laughs> Abby Normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the strange thing is, is these these white areas, you remember how the Chinese symbol for crisis and opportunity is the same symbol. Right. Uh, it's the same thing here. So I was trained to look at this and just give massive amounts of antioxidants, hmm. um, you know, which will balance things. It will do that. But you have to stay on it the rest of your life. Or you can work on why is there a split in this? How would I bring that back together and not be a split? And many times bringing the family back together inside of my heart will take care of these white areas. Um, These can be representing splits in a family. The other interesting thing about this, it goes back to John Beard's work. This is also what pregnancy looks like. Pregnancy has big white areas that are not, not being quote, healed. Hmm. There's no inflammation around it. Uh, And, quote, cancer looks exactly the same as pregnancy. And you remember back around 1900, Dr. John Beard discovered that every tumor is a pregnancy. And it looks like it's that's consistent with what I see here on these blood droplets that whenever I see this, I think, okay, Here's an opportunity for new life, right? Just like a, a pregnancy is, just like a, a tumor is. It's an opportunity for new life. You mean as the they, blood changes? 
Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> when I've done constellations before, when I'm on an anniversary and I have I start having more of these splits, and I do a constellation and resolve that, these splits will close. So I've actually watched that happen. Um, and uh, a lot of us will have these uh, moments of splits on anniversaries, like when we reach the same age our parents were when they divorced <laughs> or uh, that kind of thing. It'll just, life will suddenly feel like it's changing, our perspectives change, but all that's in this little computer <laughs> in the subconscious realm. We're going to remember mom and dad, grandma and grandpa, um, and it shows up, you know, in uh, even in this, even in this simple little finger stick and putting it on slide, we get to see what's happening from the perspective of biology. And biology is pretty honest. It tells the truth and, about what's going on there and, and offers us an opportunity. An opportunity to... To change and to grow and to heal, right? Boom, boom. Mm -hmm. I think a lot about this whole thing is just being a hologram, you know, the soul, mind, body, God, just a hologram where it's all happening to everything in the body at the same time. Does that make sense? It's all, you know, so you might mm -hmm. have a pain in the liver, but I've gone from thinking it as, you know, something going on in the liver like anger as just, everything your whole the whole hologram and it might just somehow t manifest in the liver because somehow anger goes there or whatever you know but it's yeah. everywhere it's everywhere right yeah. it's in the blood it's every endophilial everywhere everywhere yeah because everybody cares you know i mean if if i stump my toe Everybody in my body cares yeah, in that yeah, moment. Right. Yeah. Everybody Oh cares. my God, look what happened to the toe. Let's Everybody let's all cares. pitch in here. <laughs> Everybody cares. So um in writing screenplays, you know, we're taught often about finding or giving the character a a deep hurt that's driving their their life. It's very interesting because you know movies are really you know, about story. You know about the Joseph Campbell idea that we go through all these things, right? And and all the obstacles help us to learn. And so in in a, in a screenplay, you always have obstacles going against the the protagonist, the star, because otherwise you wouldn't have a story, right? <laughs> yeah, this wouldn't have a story. So I'm wondering. Um, so if my one of my characters has a deep hurt, I want to go back and and help us to understand. So it's the feeling. Explain it again. It's the feeling that the protagonist or the hero of the story had, and that's what they haven't expressed. Is that what's going on? So. <clears throat> Jobert Renault, the guy who taught me recall healing and right. organized it and put it in the book. And just real quickly for people, just so uh, I do my due diligence here, um, I use this M Wave 2 from the Institute of Heart Math. 
flip it on my earlobe, reads my heart coherence, and then I look up whatever's going on in the Recall Healing Book hmm. by Jobert Renaud. Pyramid of Health. And I see which sentence turns it green. Or if not, then I look in the Jacques Martel book, hmm. Complete Dictionary of Ailments and Diseases, right? Yeah. And see which sentence is the high coherent sentence for me, and then I work on that. So Jobert's example was uh, just to get keep our juices up and keep some interest here. So uh long-term marriage going on the dad goes off to work every day and one day he gets off uh, at noon and he thinks he's going to surprise his wife and he buys some roses and he goes home and he sneaks into the house and here's his wife in the bedroom with another man whoops mm-hmm so this is about the felt experience because that event can become completely different responses in this man's body, depending on how he was programmed in the womb and during his infancy and in his childhood. So if he was programmed to fight for territory, like bighorn sheep, and there's another man in there with his territory, that's this is going to go to his heart arteries. He can get chest pain or have a heart attack. Wow. If he's the kind of guy who had bully big brothers who always took everything that he had and nobody protected him, he could go into a crisis of leukemia and start making a lot of white blood cells, which is about, I need protection from my big brother stealing my wife here. This is kind of how it will be interpreted. Um, if he was raised to take on a sense of blame for somebody in the family, like whatever's going on with them, it's really my fault. If that's his part in the family system, he'll blame his legs for walking into the house wow. and, and get multiple sclerosis from this same event. It's better if I couldn't walk, I would never have seen this, right? Or if he's coming home to say, I'm having an affair with my secretary, thank you for everything, then he would just be really happy and turn around and leave because everybody's taken care of. So it's the same event but it will become different things in this man's biology depending on his innocently inherited programming inherited programming wow and that's based on the feelings that never got expressed in a family so it's not an event that programs things it's how the person felt deep down inside the feelings that they couldn't share like you know, if I tell people how I really feel here, they're never going to understand it. I'll, I'll get kicked out of my group. I won't have anybody to talk to. I've got to keep this a secret. Like somebody being molested and mm -hmm. they don't want to tell anybody. They'll think I'm a slut or they'll blame it on me. So I'm going to hold this deep down inside of me. Well, now this person's descendants will try to carry that for her and take on this feeling of something dark around sexuality, something dark around male-female encounters that wouldn't happen 
if those feelings had ever gotten shared and come out of the body. So any feelings that don't get shared out of the body find their place in the body. And, and that was Dr. Hammer's work on the brain scans. He showed that different feelings tend to go to different places in the body. But the answer is get the feelings out. Get the feelings you out. Know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Be a support for people and uh, find compassion so that we can listen to whatever happened right. without judging. You know, it's very interesting and because the people who tell stories know this. And our job, like our, my job as a screenwriter, is to have the viewer feel what, what you know, have real, you know, feel what the character is going through, yeah. because they yeah. get a release because it helps them to let go of whatever they haven't. So it's really beautiful the way that works. People have figured this out, you know, from the time of Aristotle and stories and poetics that he wrote. So when the viewer, when we are watching a movie and we feel, so we, I guess we all need to feel all kinds of stuff from maybe all past lives and everything, right? That's why we like watching these movies because we feel what the person's going through and we somehow get a get a hit from that. We, we, we get a release? Is that how that works? Because it... So it, it must come out from us if we really feel the character going through their thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it's really helpful for me to understand that more clearly. And this is their, in screenwriting, this is what they teach, you know, that, you know, it's a, not motion pictures, or emotion pictures. You know, you've got to elicit emotions from the viewer, otherwise... Yeah. And the the view, otherwise nothing happens, you know, nothing happens, as all good movies do, you know, they just figure out how to do it. It's pretty cool. Yes, I was uh, sharing with someone the other day who who was in the womb uh, during a time when some of her uh, mother's other children were in danger of starving. Um, and it programmed into her breast. Hmm. This little one takes that on for the mother, that uh, the mother is in grief because she doesn't have enough breast milk to feed everyone in the family who's in danger of starvation. Uh, you know, even though she's not breastfeeding all these older kids anymore, uh, still that's where it goes in a woman. Um, the breast milk is how we've, you know, archaically kept people alive in times of famine, kept the babies alive. And, and so she's programmed for that in her breast in the womb that when there's a shortage or a perceived shortage of food in her own life, uh, literally or symbolically, she'll, her subconscious will activate the stem cells in her breast to make super breast milk. Um, because that's how she was programmed. And of course, when doctors biopsy that, they call it breast cancer. And the story gets missed. Hmm. 
And the story seems to, when a person can discover the love that they're carrying for their mother and leave their mother's feelings with them with a sense of gratitude, then the subconscious will tell the stem cells we don't have to make a super breast anymore. <laughs> wow. Amazing. So, so do you think God knew what he what it was doing, or he or she was doing, when uh, it's all got set up like this, so we could, so we could always heal, or we always had the opportunity to? I don't know. It's pretty trippy the way this, isn't it? Yeah, it really is, isn't it? It's like whoa. It, it really is, and the, and one of the one of the trippy parts are are nouns, and hmm. you know, just going back even in the Bible. Uh, all the things about naming it, it's it's made to read as if naming things and putting nouns on everything is so important and it's so godly so much of a godly function you know and uh, but it turns out that if we stay with nouns we don't ever heal because nouns don't change I give us an example they, of that. yeah so if if I if I say if, some, if a doctor says to me I have cancer right and I believe that noun cancer right you know and that's pretty much it for me because there's no movement it's like the the computer I'm looking at now it's going to be a computer long after I'm dead it's a noun right right there's no movement there's no change uh, so nouns are tricky old Stephen Jenkinson was the one who kind of alerted me to this you know he's you remember him, the grief sure. walker guy, and uh, he said that's how that's how people stay conquered. That's how that's how I stay subservient to an outside crown. It's when the folks have a uh, Eddie Izzard might say it in his uh, routine: the clever use of flags, flags being nouns. Um, that nouns are used. To keep people subjugated you can't revolt in a noun there has to be a verb there has to be some action right as long as i stay with the noun the status quo is going to always stay the status quo there has to be movement so a diagnosis as a noun is only a starting point on a map it's mm -hmm. like you are here now, where would you like to go? That's the rest of it. You know, right. Where would you like to go? Instead of going, you are here, now let's treat this point. This point is a disease. This is where you are, and we're going to treat this point. We're going to obliterate this point. We're going to change this point, rather than going, oh, look, this is where you are now. This is your noun. Where would you like to go? Uh, where, what's your verb from this point? Oh, you want to go? You want to go up and see the mountains in Montana? Sure. We can tell you how to do that, right? And uh, this is this is the path to change diagnosing and treating into something that's an actual soul movement for the person. So, what would you do other than um, a nouns? For uh, I know, right? We're, the addiction to nouns and believing nouns is is pretty deep in this culture. It certainly has been for me. Uh, it was so funny, you know, just to listen to this mathematics guy the other day pointing out just this church of the obvious thing. 
I spent all those years doing that X, Y axis, you know, Y equals MX plus B uh, and, and doing all the algebra and the math and algebra two and algebra three. And, and this uh, guy in mathematics pointed out that that's one X, Y axis among an infinity hmm. of X, Y axis. Uh, and to get, the psyche of the entire culture focused on this one x y axis as if it's the only one has a strange effect on the psyche uh it, there's like less less poetry less music less beauty and more of like you know like there's mm -hmm. this one way to do it you know um which is what we we do in the medical profession and you know yeah we just you know yeah, we call we call this cancer we biopsy this we call it cancer. cancer we don't call it activated stem cells with opportunity for something new yeah just you just could have a new awareness here no 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 that's there's only one way you can say it if you say it different you lose your license you know if, if you say it differently your family will go you should kill that noun you better get better after kill that it now because it'll kill you, right? Yeah, that, yeah, that's the only choice. It's a war with this noun now, you know. And wow. you look at nouns like communist, right? Well, hmm. we all know what that is. I, you want to you know, kill the commies, you know? You can't let them have your stuff, and you know, and and it's like this huge reaction to these nouns that's sort of built in, innocently built in, you know. Hmm. Um, yeah, and uh, <laughs> so is. Is, I guess virus is a noun too, right? Oh yeah, it's a huge noun these <laughs> days, isn't it? True, right? right? You take our our own little exosome particles, which are you know dedicating their whole life to to you know getting us good news, like you're doing on the podcast, right? We're we're getting some news that's not quite in the standard of care. Trillions and trillions of those exosomes are going, and then somebody comes along and says no. No, those no. can only be called the virus. Virus, you know, they come from outside of you and attack you, and you know, and it's like, ah, you know, <laughs> and and we're all running around afraid of invisible particles. I mean, I that is that's one of the most amazing things. I mean, when we look back on this, from wherever we go next, that'll be an interesting video. Watching everyone terrified of invisible particles. And you know, you mentioned David Martin and uh, 20 patents and people talk about the patents and there's a lot of people that believe, I think, well I just don't believe it, that that they created some kind of a virus in a lab and released it out there and that's what COVID was. And there's no evidence of that, Doc. There just isn't. There just isn't. It's a, it's a strange thing, you know. You I mean, know? <laughs> yeah. If we get down to what we actually know, yeah. and experience, it's so funny how quiet the tables get. Like we'd be in a big discussion and people be fighting back and forth right. or against the vaccine or this and that. And, right. and then I would say, all right, well, let's all just stay with what we personally experienced. And then just this silence hmm. happens, you know, because we're <laughs> there's such an addiction to opinion yeah in our culture and i'm such a revolutionary when it comes to these things i think that they 
created all these patents just so they can have cover because, oh, no, no, you know, you know this really exists because, see, there's a patent, so it has to exist. But who knows? Nobody knows, you know. There's nobody, yeah. <laughs> you know. Have they ever yeah, captured yeah. this little thing and, and captured it and then put it into Richard Massey to see if he got COVID and he could share it with Patrick? No, never have. Yeah. Nope, never have. But we all believe it. We don't all, but. Yeah, yeah. It's our own little inquisition here. <laughs> well, it will be hilarious when we all look back and see the truth of this thing one day. And, whoa. Oh, man. man. You know, and, and I, I, I laugh, but man, it is pain. It, there's the pain in it is so real. I, um, I mean, I had people in my family who were ill who went to the hospital. And five years ago, they would have been taken care of. But it's like people are going like, uh, you, you had a positive result on this test. You need to get out of our hospital, take some Tylenol and go home. You know, like, wow, really? That's that's what the that's the best we have to offer is. Um, we're just going to treat people like lepers if they show up with a certain lab test. I mean, we did that with AIDS back in yeah, my yeah, day. Yeah. Oh, and, and I remember that day in the in the operating room when we still put caps on needles that this is my first AIDS person to be working with and everybody was nervous. And uh I stabbed myself with an AIDS needle trying to trying to put a cap <laughs> back on. And, and I thought I was gonna die. I Did mean you, really? I, I, you know, I, I could see myself like, you know, covered with, you know, like skeletalized and everything, you know, and I kept it to myself because I thought I, I want to at least keep working and earn some money and have a decent funeral. I don't know what I was thinking, but um, and turns out I didn't get any. Turns out, uh, yeah. No, and and uh, in fact, I never caught anything from anybody in the forty-nine years that I've been doing this. Um, it's never happened. But, you know, God bless the germ theory. It's still true. <laughs> still true, because that's what we've been told. Yeah, it doesn't match my experience, but it must be true because, be uh, true. yeah, the people in the white coats say it is. So <laughs> White coats? Yeah. Funny. Here's a little email from Jim. Um, he was listening to a show we did, wow, a couple months ago. And, um, oh, good. He says, around 54 minutes, Dr. Massey take, talks about the ability of the little ones to accept the sins and sufferings of the parents for the, for the survival, or survival of all three, the biological Holy Trinity. What a neat concept statement. With that being said, I have a question about abortion. Hmm. What would the doctor presume causes a woman to choose to abort a child is her subconscious feeling that she does not want forgiveness and is willing to continue living in sin? Is abortion just another symptom in this case, meaning it's a necessary evil for this point in the mother's life because she hasn't sought what is needed to raise the child for her Husband, child's father hasn't provided. Hmm. Um, 
he goes on here, but it gets really long. I'll see if I can get to the root mm-hmm. cause. Do you know where he's going with yeah. this? Here? Yeah, uh, I, I think so. And um, I think I'd mentioned on here once before the the big epiphanies, the the moments that have really changed my perceptions about uh, what any event, including abortion, would mean. And that's one of the reasons I went to doing the heart math. Um, you can order these little M-Wave 2s from the Institute of Heart Math. And I, when, I, when I put that on a person and we're sitting there talking, we're doing their timeline, and they go, oh, yeah, you know, when I was 17, I got pregnant and I had an abortion. And we go back through that for them because what they will have inherited innocently when they were in the womb and an infant that programmed them to consider this as a choice and to do it is going to be a little bit different for each person. But it's going to be out of that first innocent love and loyalty to their mother and father. So when I can see any action that I'm doing is being done out of love for my mother and father, how they were when I was in the womb during labor and delivery or in infancy, then the love that I realize in that moment will be healing for me, whatever I'm coming in for. So, Hmm. uh, you know, a person could be coming in for liver cancer diagnosis or breast cancer diagnosis, and then the abortion comes up. And we look to see how to connect that um, with that original programming according to this person's heart, not according to the book. The book will tell certain patterns, but I'll give you one hint. Good and evil never resonates with the heart. To to even use those words shuts the heart down, and there's not a pathway for healing once the word good and evil is applied to something. Hmm. It's going to go into a war. Um, there's just not any way to really talk about that polarity without getting warlike. I either want to defend what's good or attack what's evil. Yeah. Um, and I was brought up to believe that abortion was evil. That that was the opinion. And to. Uh, in my gratitude, I will now be thankful for the times that I've had to see the love that was underneath it. I, I saw a woman the other day uh, on another podcast who um, had been raised devout Catholic, was a practicing Catholic, and then had a severe accident, went into a coma and had a near-death experience. And as she was leaving her body, she knew she was going to hell because she had had two abortions and had not confessed them. 
and she knew they were mortal sins and mm. you know she was convinced as she was leaving her body this is it i'm going to the hot place right and much to her surprise i may cry at this part much to her surprise she was taken into this hall of unconditional love where she got to meet the grown-up versions of her aborted little ones where they embraced um and that's what she does now wow she has retreats for women who still feel guilty about their abortions and she helps them reconnect with the aborted ones in a way that the unconditional love the greater love is experienced rather than all the judgments which of course all that's all that's happening now in in the physical reality is all the judgments no nothing else man that's nothing else mm-hmm. that's it you're either for it or against it that's it yeah man yeah and I guess it's you know as much as one that you know abhors the idea of killing another living thing which we all do um, this soul who gets aborted she's got to be in on or he's got to be in on this somewhere right somewhere you know is in on the deal right (laughs) yeah if if you i'm persuaded i don't have a i can't claim to have a pre-birth experience like christian sunberg i listen to his book regularly on audiobook called the walk in the physical Hmm. Uh, and i resonate with it but he claims to have a personal experience of his pre-birth and i've listened to three people now and they all point to the same thing that you're saying hmm. that we agree to this life however long or brief it's going to be and we come down into this realm and we have free choice when we're in that other place and come down here now part of coming down here is forgetting that that's what makes this uh what's going on here so challenging because uh, we forget know, most of this we, stuff in the, in between lives, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And mm. Uh, but I can tell you just from looking at the heart monitor on women, when we've hit the love story underneath the abortion, the heart opens up. Wow! I get to witness that and see that, and the heart does not open up if we go, "You did a bad thing." Right. I mean. You know, it just is not going to help anything. Which, you know, comes back to us, too, and loving ourselves. For us to tell ourselves that we've done a bad thing is just not productive. You know, it just, it just don't right. do that because, you know, right. <laughs> what's the point? What What's the point? Yeah. Here's an email from Hannah. She says... Patrick, when I hear you talking about this idea of of the now and proceeding forward with this idea that you have a disease, would it not be the same thing with in relationships where we proceed forward every moment with an idea of who our significant other is and what they're about? Thanks for the show. That's brilliant. 
brilliant, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, isn't yeah. it the same yeah, thing? I, so. I mean, you know, if you're talking about yeah. Nowsville, and if you could be with someone, and every moment is a new moment from the now without anything that they've ever done before, holy cow. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, I know, and that's that's one of the things I love about that uh, about that series Messiah on Netflix. I haven't seen that. The, one. the guy, oh man, you got to watch that. And the lead character, he he gets this meeting with the president of the United States, and he says to him, hmm. "History is over." He says that history is over. History is over. We're here now, right? It's the same thing Byron Katie would say. In this exact moment, all wars passed. They're gone. They don't exist. They don't exist. It doesn't exist in this now moment, Mm. right? Uh, And she's pretty radical about that. But yeah, I'm I'm with you there. When we feel that in even just one tiny little piece of our experience, it's so liberating, isn't it? Yeah, it's just. I mean, just to feel it one little place is. uh, is really exciting. Brand new. Imagine if, if two souls could really get this and and practice it all the time. You know, boom, boom. No telling what what would happen there. You could probably cause a nuclear explosion or something. You know. It's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and little baby eyes. You can see that that's where they are. Yeah, that's where. Yeah. These little baby eyes looking around. You know, like they're in the now. You know, that's like, yeah, taking it all in. I love to watch some of these videos with these animals, you know. Just, you've seen them. I mean, whoa, man. I saw something that was so cool. This fellow went into Africa. Hulk starts crying with this one. And he rescued an elephant that has been dragging logs for some project for these people, chains, every day for 50 years years oh wow this mm. poor elephant man 50 years mm. just dragging these mm. logs for these people and uh, he rescued him man he paid him some money and they just you know because and he got him out of there and got him to a rescue place can you imagine 50 years doing that wow wow so you know i'm thinking what kind of karma this poor elephant had you know yeah, How, yeah what, you know what yeah. did, what was he doing last time around yeah but it's all yeah it's yeah. just so beautiful well, i'm sure he got a gold watch you know around his foot yes, that's a yeah. bad joke big sarcastic there um and i'll well, let me mention the other thing about the pre-birth experience people yeah. and they all say this no one is forced to come down here to change something they did in a previous life. Okay. They're not forced. No. It, if they if they volunteer out of love to come down and try to sort something out, they're welcome to do that. But they say that no one looks at them and say, wow, what a jerk you were in your past life. You better go down there and fix that. <laughs> and, you know, nobody's coerced into anything, right? Oh, it's so you think we choose We choose because we want to, because yeah. we really felt yeah. what we did to, ch- you know, I shot Charlie and I got to. It's a love story. It's a yeah, love story. It's a love story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I like that, yeah. Much more, yeah, it's like, yeah, I shot Charlie and now I gotta help maybe his kids and, you know, I've gotta go down there and make this right. Yeah, and if you wanna get really trippy and listen <laughs> to some of them, they, they all say this, that all of those things, past and future lives and present lives are all happening now. They gotta be. Yeah. Right, they have to be. Because there yeah. is no past and there is no future, so where are they? Right. You know? Right. This is part of our video game down here, they say, that the rules are we have a past and uh, we have a future. And if we're going to play this video game, we have to feel those as being real. Make believe that those are real. Right. And somehow, ding, 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 we find the now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, I mean... You know, I've experienced a few past lives and not real, well, it's, it's got to be going on now. Otherwise, how would you, how would you get out of this, this now? I mean, is there a pathway out of this now? I haven't seen one. <laughs> Are there doors? <laughs> oh, let's do that one and go into the past. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm just going to start drinking again because I can't just <laughs> scotch. Yeah, two double neat. It's so much fun, isn't it? God, what a trip! Oh man! Oh wow! Oh. Mm -hmm. I've been I've been kind of talking with a fellow, and he's been asking me, and I want to ask you. So he. Really nice, uh, young fellow, I, I don't know. I say young, I don't know how he is. Everybody's young, you know. Um, but, um, <laughs> everybody, we're all young. It's just, I have no idea how old I am. You know, I can't even, people say, how, I say, I don't know. You know, search me, you know, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, he's been looking at blood sugar stuff like for a long time. And, um, and so I've been asking about his uh, his diet, and I mean, this fellow is doing no carbs, no you know decaf coffee, water, bicycle, meditates, no sugar, no grains, no snacks, a few nuts, no starch, potatoes, blah blah blah, and and his blood sugar is still cattywampus all over. So I wrote him back finally after three or four emails saying, "Well, this is probably some kind of a spiritual issue. Maybe we could chat it up and." and see what's going on. So that's probably a good idea, right? I mean, if you're doing all these things, something else has got to be going on, right, Doc? Something else is going on. I, I take that as an invitation to, to look elsewhere. Um, so I, I think you're on it there. Um, the old Einstein quote, you know, you can't solve a problem on the same level that created it. Uh, got to try a different level. So I'm with you there. And on a physical level for everybody, just to complete that, just to notice the way the standard of care is set up. If you have high sugar and nobody's measuring your insulin and glucagon at the same time, you don't even have a complete physical picture. Really? Um, yeah. Insulin so, and glucagon? Glucagon. Glucagon, yeah, those are two uh, substances the pancreas makes. Uh, 
insulin escorts sugar into the cell and glucagon raises sugar, right? Okay. So it's, it's, uh, it's important to check those because if, if those are off, it doesn't matter how you change your diet. So that's the difference between the different types of diabetes like type 1 and type 2. In type 2, the body makes a lot of insulin, but the cell membrane says, you know, we don't accept insulin anymore here, you know. And in type 1, it's like the pancreas doesn't even make very much insulin. It's nice to know which one it is, mm-hmm. you know, because one you can work with with diet way better than the other one. It'll make a bigger difference. So just that on a physical level uh, to check that just to be complete. But yeah, on a story level, what's going on with that? You know, that why do I want uh, this elevated sugar? And I think I told you I once lived with a person that I physically saw this. She could water fast for five days and her blood sugar would still be in the diabetic range on the fifth day. Just with water? Only water, like no food at all. But she's a descendant of Holocaust people. Hmm. And what would make Holocaust people live? Remember, we're all programmed to be the answer for the ancestors before us and what they suffered. So those people were systematically worked and starved to death. The adaptation in the body would be if I could work five days with just water and have good blood sugar levels, I'm going to survive the concentration camp. That's what the subconscious is prepared for when I'm a descendant of a Holocaust person. And so the the solution on the on the systemic level is to bow to that, those person's fates and say, I honor your fate to be worked and starved to death in a concentration camp. Maybe make a home altar, practice that, or do a constellation and leave that fate with them and then ask those same ancestors for their blessing. Would you bless me? when my body finds balance in my circumstances today rather than having my body trying to solve what happened to you in the past is that okay with you if i quit trying to help you survive in the past Mm. and of course from their heart they will always say yes (laughs) once i get there yes then my pancreas starts functioning my blood sugar returns to normal, right? So we look in the family history for anybody who was starved to death. It's really important um, for any circumstances, not just Holocaust. Uh, a lot of people, you know, cavalry, you know, surround them and go, yeah, well, we'll cut off all their food supply and we'll just sit down here and eat and wait till they die. Well, so you have a lot of Native Americans who have diabetes um they're trying to save their ancestors from being starved interesting wow Boy. there's always some element of fighting in it yeah. so whenever, whenever you're talking to Jobert would tell us you have about 10 or 15 seconds with the diabetic when you're talking to him 
and then their mistrust is going to set in. So you need to say something in the first sentence that kind of boom. <laughs> because he said they're the hardest people to get to because that what they inherited was this fight. They've got to keep their blood sugar up so that their muscles can keep fighting against mm-hmm. whoever was getting their ancestors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or their mommy during the pregnancy and the infancy, right? So if, if the conception was a rape, for instance, and mommy didn't have the strength to hold the rapist off, the brain will read that as we didn't have enough blood sugar to give our muscles enough power to push this person off right so you can get it just from what happened at, from conception to one year old if if the inner feeling was boy i wish i had the strength and stamina to resist this this terrible thing and then that we want to return that to mom thank mm-hmm. you for the gift of life you know leave that story with you please bless me when my body finds balance and stops trying to save you from what happened to you. I was talking to a friend and we were amusing about this idea about how God, whatever it is, is always depicted as a male, you know. How, what, what is that about if girls, we all know the girls are running the show, right? So, <laughs> I wonder why that is. Yes. <laughs> That's so funny. I know it's it's a. Mm. I enjoyed Stephen Jenkinson's lecture on patrimony, matrimony, and ceremony. Oh, and it really took it out of the patriarchy, matriarchy, yeah. polarity. And uh, it it was a beautiful talk. The the basis of it kind of went something like this: the very first thing that happens is the patrimony function. It's the function of the masculine, it means right. father. Right. Um, it can be done by a male or a female, but it's the fathering function in the sense of I'm providing the supplies for the nest. Yes. That's why that's, it comes, that's where maybe the male thing came from. That's patrimony. That's patrimony, patrimony yeah. not patriarchy. That's patrimony. patrimony. This, is the, this is how life is moved forward and continued here in this realm. So patrimony, I'm gathering the supplies for the nest. Now matrimony, some parts can only be done by the mother, obviously, huh? at mm-hmm. nine months in the womb, mm-hmm. at $60 million umbilical cord IV, right? <laughs> that can only be done by the mom. But there are other nurturing functions that can be done by male or female. So that's nurturing functions inside the nest. That's matrimony. Matrimony. We use matrimony only to mean a marriage, and that's not really what the original meaning is. Hmm. The matrimony is the mothering function inside the nest. And then ceremony is how we daily celebrate and remember that as we go through our life. So we have first patrimony, which comes first, then matrimony, then ceremony. I like that. The matrimony thing is cool because it's a team effort, right? And yeah, anybody can is. do it. It doesn't matter. Mom can cook, dad can cook, mom can work, dad can, who cares? Just whatever works mm-hmm. for everybody. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And you know, I people have talked about the idea, and I think it coincides with what you talked about. If you have a battery, there's a positive and a negative. And generally the the positive 
doesn't mean it's better than the negative, it's just different. It's where the juice comes in, right? Then you have the negative to balance it out. Then you have the neutral. Yeah. Right? Yeah, if we didn't have positive and negative in this body, we'd just all just... <laughs> 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 we just all this. Before we go, I yeah, then, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. In our biology, positive and negative work together. Yeah. And then we have neutral, like in electricity, positive and negative neutral, which would be yeah. kind of like God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, right? The whole triangle thing. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah, yeah all these little trinities. <laughs> trinities. We like trinities. <laughs> I watched a film called Still that was about my fox. Parkinson's, right? What an amazing story this fellow's gone through and He's still, he's still out there. He, he still really believes he's going to find the cure. And I think he is, but I don't think it's going to come from what he believes it's going to come from. You know, He's got a foundation and they're raising money and find the cure. But I really got it when I watched him and I watched this movie. I don't think it's any, this is just my opinion. I could be totally wrong, but I don't think these things, Doc, are any different from um, the anxiety we talked about, right? Anxiety attack where mm -hmm. his whole life, he's had a hard time. He's just always thinking, and fast. And I mean fast. And his body does the same thing, you know? Uh, and so the whole movie was about, he's working with people to help him to slow down, to get still, that's the name of the movie, and his, his symptoms improve when he does that. So, you know, but they tell him that it's hardwired and there's no cure and this and that. God love him, you know. These doctors tell him all this stuff. And I just, you know, I wanted to reach into the TV and just kind of grab him and say, Michael, really? You know. So I'm going to write him a letter. He may never yeah. see it. I don't care. I'm going to write a letter through his agent. You know, I got a website to do his agent. And I'm going to say, I can help you. I'm, I'm not going to charge anything, but I think I can help you if you want to talk about it. Yeah, we find a lot of support in our pharmaceutically driven culture Whoa, for, for fighting diseases. Yeah. Wow. And that's what we we're talking about earlier. There's no verb in that. So Parkinson's. We make a noun like Parkinson's, and then we're going to make a noun like the cure. Yeah. Cure and Parkinson's are going to battle it out. Right, right. Right. And so now we have two nouns fighting, and what we're not noticing is that there's no movement of the person in that. The only movement is money to the pharmaceutical industry. That movement's happening, right? But there's no movement of the person's body back toward balance. Right. Um, so when we look at the typical stories, right? So we open up with, we look in Jobert's book, Parkinson's. Parkinson's, yeah, what's he say? Right? Which is like changing the noun into a verb, into a story, to a love story. And remember, Klinghart's five levels, right? There's so many solutions, and I just know a couple of them. That's why I'm focused in here. So we love all your solutions out there. So the general story is, I was prevented from doing something. I wasn't finished with my movement. So I do it again and again 
and again. It's a memory of an important movement where a person was interrupted in that movement, but they're compelled to keep trying it. But then they remember, oh, no, instantly remember, no, I can't finish it. I can can finish, I can do it. Yeah, and it just is, it's just, you know, just so fast back and forth. Um, Her husband is leaving her, but they don't divorce. They continue to see each other. He has a mistress, but they have dinner together often for the children, she says. Multiple little shocks in her life. When he calls, she has a strong desire to pick up the phone and talk to him and a desire not to pick up the phone. I want to pick up the phone. I don't want to pick up the phone. I want to pick up the phone. I don't want to pick up the Hmm. phone. And if that's in there, it can just be that little movement over and over. If we could put it in slow motion on a movie, we'd get some hint about what is it? What is the movement the person's trying to do? Are they trying to open that door and look somewhere? Is it this kind of movement? And they, no, I can't open the door. I want to open it. I better not open it. I better not. And those are love stories. Those are love and loyalty stories uh, that hold us together in families. And when we see that, we get a chance to change the love and loyalty story and still be a good member of the family. Mm. That's the idea. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, you can really watch somebody with these kind of uh, afflictions, and you can see where it's just like a rubber band, and they're just moving so fast that they they can't control it, and for so long. And the challenge is, is they have uh, medical folks that, well-meaning, albeit, that tell them, well, you know, in ten years you're going to be this, and in fifteen years you're going to be that, and then twenty years you won't, you know. And you remember. Dr. Hammer with his brain scans and I showed you this and I I won't be able to get it all on the on the TV but I'm just going to unroll it here in a minute so you can just be overwhelmed by it uh, one more time Um, that he discovered in his brain scans just I'll ask it as a question for everybody out there who knows Germanic new medicine guy what is the number one disease on the planet uh, when we look at what is physically most disturbing on a brain scan? What's the number one disease out there? Uh, and let me just show you this. Okay. So Dr. Hammer did all these brain scans, I think on 40,000 plus people before brain scan, before, during, and after recovery from a quote dis-ease. Hmm. And it's recall healing is all based on his findings. So here's what he did. Being a good German, Hmm. he actually mapped what he saw on the brain scans in this incredible detail. Found that we had four regulatory brains. And that certain emotions would be picked up by one of these regulatory brains and changed into specific physical things in the body. Wow. What a trip. I mean, it's just, it covers the whole wall if I, if I put the thing up. And uh, he discovered that 
the number one disease on the planet is believing a doctor's prognosis. <laughs> wow. So when he did the scan of somebody's brain before they went in for their biopsy result and then compared it with after the doctor told them what it meant, they had a huge disturbance that was visible on their brain scan from believing the doctor that was not there before they went in and heard the biopsy results. Interesting. Wow. So Dr. Hammer considered his main job as a physician was convincing people that doctors don't know that much, uh, that the knowledge is very incomplete. Um, and he would watch on the brain scan to see when the person's subconscious stopped believing the doctor's prognosis. Um, believing a doctor's prognosis, he said, would actually make like a Humpty Dumpty shell of calcium in the brain that prevented the original thing in the middle from ever healing. Um, it's like we used to hear about the witch doctors back in yeah. my day. Like, yeah. you don't see these primitive people, they'll look at a villager and say, it's your time to die, and the villager will go out out of loyalty and just die. And, and we'd all think, wow, boy, we're so lucky we don't have that, you know? And uh, we have that. <laughs> it's just very sophisticated. Um, you know, uh, we tend to believe doctors, most of us, because they helped us be born. Um, so. Yeah. And I think it's, in my opinion, these brains, it, they can change and they do change, right? They do change. Oh, yeah. It's oh, not hard. Yeah. It's not hardwired in the brain, you know, no. and, you know, no. like the doctors tell you. It's just not. Right. Just not. Wow. Man, if you if our little brains can change back into balance because we get back into balance spiritually and mentally, I mean game over, you know. You, you know, you're you're good. You know, you can figure it out, right? <laughs> you can figure it out. It's pretty pretty amazing. It really is. Well, Doctor Massey, what do you say? Holy cow, a couple hours. I I really Appreciate you coming on the show once a month. You're just really fun. Yeah, you're very welcome. And your work is Thank just you. crazy amazing, crazy amazing. Folks can reach you. Oh, you hear the thunder? Man, we're going to get some rain here. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, we're going to get a little rain out here in Dripping Springs. Dr. Richard Massey has email, docmassey at gmail.com. And you got the, um, the Instagram thing too, right? And again, that is... Let's see. Small. Yeah, that's lower, lowercase Doc Massey, M A S S E Y, 1949. 1949. Uh, Is that the year you came yeah, into yeah. this popsicle stand? Nothing could be finer than to be a 49er. Being a 49er in the morning. Well, you're just, <laughs> just a kid. Yeah. Yes. Kid. Yes. And so they can look back over uh, some of the blood spots I've done. And there's little nature shots in there, too, you know. Yeah. Have you ever little bunnies? Yeah. Little bunnies in the driveway. I was thinking about after my raccoon experience, maybe I'll get a hamster. I mean, wouldn't that be fun just to have a little hamster around and you could hold him and, I don't know, be his mother? It's Mother's Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've never had a hamster. Have you ever had a hamster? Maybe they might be fun. 
right? I had friends who had hamsters. Really? Watch them run on their little wheels. And <laughs> I wonder, could you just let them go in the house and just let them go anywhere? With? I don't know. I don't know. My daughter has a hedgehog. What's a hedgehog? That's a that's this little thing. Looks like a miniature possum porcupine combination. Got a little quills all over it and uh, it just runs around the house or it's in a cage it stays kind of in its little place you know it uh -huh. doesn't want to do much exploring but uh yeah it eats crickets she goes out <laughs> and check catches crickets for it and, That's great. Uh, yeah doc could you hold on one second i want to ask you a personal question off the air so so don't oh sure don't hang up well thanks a lot okay have happy mm -hmm. day take care of yourself and we will see you uh, next month, Leah. But stay right there. All right. Sounds good, Patrick. Uh, Dr. Richard Massey, wonderful guy, huh? Yeah, baby. Check him out on Instagram. You too can be an Instagrammer with Dr. Massey. All right. We're going to talk with uh, Dr. Weisong tomorrow. And he's into all kinds of things that he says we've been hoodwinked into believing. Who'd you hear that? Whoa. Thunder. We love Thunder. And his website, Dr. Weissong, is If Thinking Matters. Hmm. And then Adam Bergstrom will be here on uh, um, Wednesday. So, I love you all very much. Good job. Thank you. Um, appreciate your ongoing support. Really, really do. Take care of yourself. Let me know if I can help with anything. Patrick at one radionetwork.com Patrick at oneradionetwork.com Thank you. I love you. Take care. Bye. Broadcasting live. Weekday mornings. This is listener supported One Radio Network.